Hi. Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we hear from Winnipeg Blue Bombers CEO Wade Miller on the release of the 2021 CFL schedule, as well as a great conversation with Winnipeg Jets massage therapist Al Pritchard, who is cancer-free. He's fought it twice. How is he able to get through it? And how the team and his family have been huge parts of that fight here on the podcast. The big news of the day is that the Canadian Football League has put out its 2021 schedule. There's still a lot of uncertainty, uh, not just in the CFL, but everybody's lives heading into the new year. But nonetheless, this is a, a sign of optimism, something to talk about for football fans. And we're joined by the CEO and president of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers now, Wade Miller. Wade, an exciting day for you in the CFL? It is for sure. It's uh, great to get the schedule out and, uh, you know, a couple weeks earlier than it normally is. And, uh, you know, start focusing on uh, the summer, Gonna, you know. We're going to uh, have uh, a tough winter, I believe, and in Canada and Manitoba. <clears throat> Let's have some optimism and get back on the football field uh, in June. And there's the obvious caveat of we have no idea what it's going to, what the world is going to look like coming up in June. But at the same time, you have to prepare as if things are going to go according to schedule, and hopefully, we're going to have football coming up May 28th, the preseason <clears throat> opener. Yeah, you know, we've see uh you see how things can change so quickly and and I I'm going to choose to believe that we're going to start getting over this and uh obviously in Manitoba we're um got to do the right things right now and reduce our contacts but you know in 7 months away that you know we've seen a lot change in 7 months and uh you know there's some great uh, vaccinations on the way and and really believe that uh you know, we're going to get back to some normalcy as a society, which I think is going to be good for everybody. Um, <clears throat> you know, especially because you can't wait for massage guns. You should just be using a roller right now for your back. I have one. Um, it's <laughs> It just hasn't done the trick, Wade. I'm searching well, yeah, for any answers. Yeah, that's true. I don't. I need to use it more. I'm. I'm. Yeah. We don't need to talk about my back. We're going to talk about the, oh, okay. the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Okay. So you've got. The game that everyone wanted to see months ago, but it's going to be worth the wait, we think. June 10th, you finally get to celebrate the Grey Cup title against the great team you beat badly in the Grey Cup game, and that is the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Easy to be very hopeful, and just even thinking about that game and thinking about what that night could be like must put a smile on you, your face, and the fa- the faces of a lot of people in this province. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, our season ticket members... Um, been renewing their tickets, ready to go, uh, pushed everything for 2021. And, uh, you know, that's going to be a great, great way to start off uh, the CFL season and, and our home opener um, as well. And, you know, <clears throat> go play Saskatchewan a couple times in preseason games and, and then uh, get ready for that home opener. Too early to say what kind of numbers we're going to be able to have in the stands at IG Field, certainly. But a lot of people, I take it, rolled over their season ticket membership. Yeah, the the support has been overwhelming, uh, not just from season ticket members, but also our corporate partners. And, uh, you know, everybody's behind us, and, and it's great. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to that and looking forward to, you know, at the right time, having fans back in their stands and, you know, obviously under the direction of public health. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be great. Um, and, you know, turn the page and let's start focusing on next year. I think uh, everybody's ready to be done with 2020. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And we look ahead to the season. That's a lot of uh, your home, then you're away. You're home, then you're away. There's a two, couple two-game road trips and then a two-game homestand to finish. Uh, the idea of cutting off one of the East-West games and adding a divisional game, where did that come from? You know, that was uh, analysis that we did as teams in the league in the last uh, couple months and said, you know, how could we get what our fans want? And, you know, obviously every year you're going to have one less team in the East coming. Um, but what it, what it does is gives us another rival game, another game in your conference. And, and we thought, you know, let, let's give that a try, you know, we're, <clears throat> and see how, how our fans like that. Um, and, you know, it can make a big difference in the standings with a, you know, four-point swing game. Uh, and and also, um, we'll allow our players, you know, we're in a huge country east to west, allows our players in the CFL, uh, you know, it doesn't benefit Winnipeg so much, but other teams where they're not having to travel so far for games. Um, and and I, think it's, I think our fans are really going to like, you know, seeing uh, another one of those teams in the west that they – love to uh, hate and cheer against. And, and so I, I think that'll be just a, a lot of fun to add one of those more rival games. And I guess it's just the coincidence of the rotation of where we are with the fact that you're only playing Saskatchewan twice and every other West team three times. Right. And that just is how it worked out. And uh, you know, that will every year rotate and it'll be a different team where you only play them twice next year, you know, in 2022 and then 2023. So um, we look forward to uh, you know playing all those teams and and uh, you know uh, seeing Saskatchewan twice and obviously that Labor Day banjo bowl back to back. No matter what, that's tradition and uh, you know that will be a great uh, two weeks. Absolutely. What has this Grey Cup Unite Week been like uh, from your perspective? How successful has it been for the league? I think it's been great. Uh, you know, just great to talk about uh, football. Um, you know, obviously you'd want to be on the field, but the second best thing is, you know, let's, let's talk with our players. Let's talk with the coaches. Let's get our fans involved and, and, you know, just uh, get some of those, uh, um, you know, that great banter that goes on, whether it's the players or coaches and, and uh, for a week in, in November where uh, everybody could uh, use something else to focus on rather than uh, everything else that's going on around us. And, the all decade team well represented by your club as well yes absolutely and an honor for each one of those guys and uh and well deserved by all of them and and you know i think building an all decade team is pretty tough because there's been some great football players here uh within our organization but yeah credit to each one of those individuals that and each one of them would tell me tell you that it's because the the team they play with and their teammates so I couldn't let you go, Wade, without asking you, Tuesday night is the one-year anniversary of the Grey Cup win over Hamilton. you have any special celebrations in store for yourself? No, 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 no. Let's, okay. let's go focus on 2021 and, uh, and win that Grey Cup. And, uh, you know, um, enjoy that celebration. Enjoy that with our fans. Uh, the memories will, you know, we'll have those forever. Um, seeing those players in the locker room celebrating after uh, is something I'll, I'll cherish forever, uh, you know, and everybody involved in that and for our entire organization, our fans. Uh, but now the focus is, uh, you know, winning the Grey Cup in 2021. So what's the timeline then for making plans for 2021 or is it all mm-hmm. dependent on the virus? 
we're, you know, um, we're not going to speculate. We're going to, uh, you know, plan, plan, uh, plan for the worst and hope for the best and uh, do what everyone, everyone can is, uh, you know, in this country is, you know, we, we got to be uh, limiting our contacts and just taking uh, advice from public health and, uh, and really following that because it, it's bigger than any sport right now. Um, you know, and we need to bend this curve in the right way. And I know that Manitobans uh, can do that and, and we'll do that now um, for everyone else. And that, that's got to be our focus, I think, right now. And then, you know, let's, let's get through this in the next couple months and then come out of this and, and start uh, getting back to a normal life that, uh, that we all maybe took a little for granted. And now, uh, you know, something that we're, we're going to remember, we remember what it's like to, to be at IG Field or to be at other sporting events or entertainment. And I think everyone's going to enjoy those events just a little bit more when they come back. Absolutely. Wade, appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for this, and stay safe. Thank you. Same to you. We are pleased to be joined on the show by the massage therapist of your Winnipeg Jets, Al Pritchard. Al, how are you tonight? Oh, I'm excellent. Excellent, thanks. How does someone become a massage therapist in the NHL? Uh, you know what? I uh, I actually uh, I think it was more luck than anything else. I right place, the right time. It was uh, my best friend that got me involved with the team, Steve uh, Hilty Hildebrand. He was the equipment guy with Manitoba Moose at the time, and he got me on. And uh, he was the equipment guy with the Moose, and he asked me if I wanted to just start doing game day stuff with the Moose at the time, and I just picked up doing game day stuff with uh with them and um just did a little bit of massage uh helping out mullet at the other end he was the uh the head athletic therapist and and started doing game day things down at the other end and and with the uh equipment end and and uh stuck on there and then when the jets were announced uh mullet got to pick his uh his his uh massage therapist and he uh he phoned me up and asked me if I wanted the job. So uh, volunteering just got my foot in the door. So it was it was just patience, and and that was that was the that was the story. And so, what does a typical day look like for you in the middle of an NHL season? Um, usually on practice days, we get in there and uh, you know we just set up the room and get ready, and and then uh, guys will start showing up and. You know, uh, before the practice, you know, guys will have their routines and they'll go through the routines and some guys will jump on the table and you do some massage. And um, if nobody needs anything there, you'll try and jump in and do some equipment stuff with uh, the other end. I like to try and get down and help them out as much as possible and, and lend a hand to those guys. And and then if there's any injuries or any guys that need anything there, we'll, uh, we'll tend to those guys when the, when the regulars are out on the ice and, um, help out doing some shakes and making some shakes and doing things like that for the guys when they get off the ice. I mean, due to this COVID things have all changed and regular is not, not the norm now, but, uh, and then uh, we'll do the practice and guys will get off the ice and then we'll, uh, we'll do some massage there um, on those guys after that. And then uh, we'll do a regular cleanup of the room and, and then we'll head home after practice. And then on game days, there's, uh, you know, Things will change, and days are a lot longer, obviously. And and you know you have your your morning skates, and then you'll have a, a game day 
routine that's completely different, but there's some long days in there. And then obviously when you go to the road, then the road's a completely different animal. So, Do you ever need a massage? Yeah, you know what? We, we do, uh, you know, the three of us or four of us at the medical end, we do trade services and, and you do get tired and you do... Uh, you do need a massage here and there and some stuff to work on, but we're really good at, at taking care of ourselves because, you know, when you get on the road and you're you're carrying the stuff around and you're pushing stuff around, you do get sore and you have some bumps and bruises, but we uh, we do help each other out and stuff like that. So you, you do try to take care of your bodies as much as possible because there is a lot of stuff to load on the trucks and, and move around during the season. So you do uh, try and keep yourself in as good a shape as you possibly can because the, the days are long and there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of moving parts in a, in a season. So Now, this is Hockey Fights Cancer Month. November is, uh, and normally there are special jerseys that the Jets will wear in a pregame skate and auction them off, and obviously everything being done virtually this month. But for those who don't know, Al, cancer has been a, a big part of, of your story, not just for you, but for your family. Yeah, it has been. I've, uh, you know, we've run into it quite a bit in my family. I lost my brother when I was young, I was only 18. He was, uh, he was 28 at the time. And, and I've, I've gone through, uh, two, uh, two bouts of it myself. So, uh, we've had, we've had, uh, we've had our battles, but, uh, you know, cancer free now myself, uh, uh, fought off both of them myself. So that was good. But, you know, with my brother, it was, uh, I was really young and, and immature at the time. Uh, you know, it was, it was, a uh, it was it was terrible and it was uh life changing obviously and it was one of those things that you know you never want to go through it and it was uh something that changed me at a young age and I wasn't ready for it and and I didn't know what uh what I was doing at the time and and he was he was an idol to me and and it was it was tough to go through it at such a young age and you know when you hear the word cancer and even when you know when I heard it myself it was it was something that changed me completely and you know I was never worried about it for myself it was just for the people around me you know because when I heard it you know I wasn't I wasn't worried about myself getting it or even anything like that it was just for my family and my my kids you know because you know when I heard cancer all I ever thought about was dying because that's that's all I had ever seen or gone through right so that was the only thing I worried about was just my family so it was uh it was good that uh my fight went the other way. So, and how were you able to, I guess, stay positive? If you if you were during that fight when you first learned that you had cancer. You know, it was uh, it was my wife and my kids, and and you know you you, uh, you gotta have you gotta have a good team around you, and and it was uh, it was one of those things that right away she was on my side, and she's a nurse herself, and. And my kids were really, really young the first time, um, so is they didn't really grasp the fact that Dad was going to be sick. And you know, we made a plan going in, and and then when you go to work and and you you tell them what was going on, you know, right from you know the owner and, and Mark Chipman, he uh, he understood and got behind me. And you know, I, I worked so well with the other trainers and and the coaching staff and the, you know, the, the players and they got behind me so well. So work was never a problem, um, you know, with the ownership and the, and the managers and the coaches and everything. So that was never, 
never a problem and you never had any stress going to work. It was, it was one of those things that you just had such a good support system there. So you never had to worry about work and you never had to worry about, you know, going to work and it being a problem or a stressor. So it was, um, it was one of those things that was unbelievable. So it was a place that you could go to and you never had to be stressed or anything. So, um, just really good support in my family with my, my wife and kids. And then, going to work was never never a problem and 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 they were just unbelievable and how did that help you and maybe set you up for success as well when you find out you have cancer again uh, just uh, last year you know it, it was almost surreal and it was you know you almost you almost think you watch too many movies because you're like you know it was one of those things that you uh you know, you had a cough and you're having this cough and it was lingering and, and you're going, well, okay, well, the first time it came around, you had back pain and it was, and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't terrible. And the back pain turned into cancer. And so this time you had a cough and it was, it wasn't a terrible cough, but it was kind of aggravating. And, you know, you talk to the doctor and he's like, okay, well, we'll try this and we'll try that. And it was one of those things that it just, nothing was helping it and then we started doing some testing and some some more testing and then it was getting to the point where we were doing some some more imaging and some more imaging and then it was the doctor phoned me one night and he's like yeah I just got your test results back and he was speechless and he just said it's cancer man like I don't even know what to tell you like I I just I'm dumbfounded by this news and I, I, I don't even know what to tell you and I was like well well it's almost it's almost a laughing laughable thing now to have cancer twice in five years and and you're just you go into work and you you start telling people and you're you're sitting in the same chair across from Paul Maurice saying man I feel like we just did this five years ago and you know you're he's he's giving you the exact same speech that you had five years ago with him almost to the day I went under the knife on the same you know on the twentieth. A different month but the the same day five years ago and and you're just sitting there going well okay well this is we're going right back after it and you know so it was it was almost uh it was almost like a movie to do it again and and uh you know there were some of the same players there so they had been through it and and uh you know it was one of those things that you knew what to expect. You knew, you knew the, the players and the team and the owners, you know, they were, they were just as good, if not better. Um, and the same thing, my, my kids were a little bit older. So, you know, they, they knew what to expect. They, they were, uh, they were on board and, and they were happy that they, uh, that they understood it a little bit better. And, and, um, you know, my wife was there again, she was, you know, the backbone of the family and and she was she was there for me and and uh you know my family was there for me and uh the team was unbelievable and they gave me whatever I wanted and and uh you know the players and the and the training staff and the ownership again um it just I don't think you can uh say enough about the hockey world and um in a job like that with uh with with the conditions that we work under like you know at the end of the day like everyone watches these guys play hockey and everything but at the end of the day they are humans and they put their pants on one leg at a time but you know they they stopped and 
they gave they gave everything to me and they uh they put me on a pedestal really and they just made me feel special and made my family feel special and and uh they made it they made it to the point where uh they really made me feel uh unbelievable and made the fight a lot easier for me and my family so it was uh it was a really uh really easy for me the second time it really was so and i'm sure the pritch strong decals that they had and the shirts they were wearing were a big part of that for you yeah it really was and you know it was it was really cool because my daughter she got to wear them you know she she was wearing it to school and and she was very proud of them and you know uh, one of the girls asked her what uh what that was and she was you know that she was saying you know that was for her dad and she was really proud of that and she put it on her hockey helmet and she's wearing a hockey and stuff and you know it was it was almost to the point where it was too much like you know it was on tv and it was you know it was it was very humbling that they did it but you know they they could have taken it off you know after surgery is over and and you know i was done but i you know i talked to jay our head equipment guy and he said no we're going to wear these the whole year. Like we're behind you, man. Like until you, you know, get a clean bill of health, I'm not taking this off the helmet. Like we're going to wear these until your doctor tells you that this isn't coming back and you get a hundred percent clean bill of health. So, you know, they wore them the whole year and uh, you know, that just, that just says how professional these guys are and how, uh, how classy they are as an organization. And, you know, they whip that up and, you know, six, seven days and that's a lot of money. And, it's a lot of time and effort when, when in a crazy time of training camp and, you know, like those guys have a lot of stuff going on already. And, and he whipped that up, you know, with, uh, with the Nike rep and, and, and did that in such a short time, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on chaos at training camp already. And, and uh, they did that in such a short time. It's just, uh, it was just unbelievable. So. Finally, Al, when did you find out that you were cancer free and how did that feel to hear that yeah it uh was just a little it was just recently we had uh our final um uh it was due to covid we couldn't go in to see the doctor but we had our uh in call um uh, appointment and uh we um we had we had the conversation on the phone because i i did have a blood clot um on my final ultrasound um, and they uh, they said I was cancer free, and the blood clot had gone away, which was also good news. And you know it was good. We had we've had a couple ultrasounds, and they were pretty confident that they had gotten everything the last on the last couple ultrasounds. But they were uh, very confident that uh, this is never going to bother me again or or come back. So they were pretty confident uh, before, but they had given me the the cancer free news. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things that, you know, you just, it's, it's really good news. And it, it, it's just something that you can move forward now and you don't have to think about and you can, you know, they will follow up obviously moving forward just to make sure, but it's just something that you can put in the past and you can and be positive and, and start moving forward instead of looking in the past and, you know, and just move forward and, uh, and stop thinking negatively about it. So it's, it's great now. Well, Al, we're all thrilled that you're, you're doing great here. I appreciate you coming on to share your story tonight. Thanks for this and stay well, stay safe. Thank you. You too.
Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell. Or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck. But Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?